Trey Gomillion is the latest member of the Missouri basketball roster. Could another Cleveland Stater be far behind? Plus some more information on Charlton Young and his relationship with Dennis Gates. And also this new name, image, and likeness world is already manifesting itself in a lot of interesting ways, including actual names on the back of jerseys that you can buy on campus. So you know what? All this and more coming up right now on Locked on Mizzou. You are Locked on Mizzou, your daily podcast on the Missouri Tigers, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey, all you true sons and daughters, I'm John Miller, your Mizzou mafioso and the central scrutinizer of Missouri Tigers football and basketball. Thanks for making Locked on Mizzou your first listen every day. We are free and available on all platforms, and thanks for telling a friend, as always. And you know what? I don't know about you all, but I wish the Masters was a little bit more dramatic down the stretch, but... Tiger Woods just making the cut under those circumstances, even shooting a one-under round. Pretty incredible. That's another feather in that man's cap. But you know what? Speaking of the Masters, from Augusta, Georgia, is Trey Gomillion by way of Cleveland State the past three seasons. Obviously, he played with Dennis Gates over at Cleveland State for the past three years. And you know what? Trey Gomillion, a guy who's going to be just a one-year player for the Tigers, not unlike DeAndre Golston, another Horizon League player. He's going to be a grad transfer, one year to play. So this is a stopgap type player. So first of all, if you're of the opinion that, oh my goodness, why is Missouri taking a couple of Horizon League players? Well, first of all, it's hard to, especially at this point in the cycle, who are you going to really get for next year? You're not going to be getting a lot of elite high school talent or anything like that. Let's be real. Missouri won, what, five games in the Southeastern Conference last year? We, not, we may not be the highest priority for a lot of major transfers at this point. And so if you're going to get some stopgap kind of one-year players, to me, somebody like Trey Gomillion makes a lot of sense, especially when you consider that Dennis Gates is going to, in his first year, have to lay a bit of the foundation for what he wants as a basketball program, defensively, offensively, the whole bit. And speaking of defensively, well, Trey Gomillion, the six foot four player who, by the way, averaged nearly 10 points a game last year, was also the Horizon League Defensive Player of the Year in 2021. But like I said, also has some offense too. It seems like he really plays within himself, at least if you look at it statistically, because while he averaged nearly 10 a game, obviously not a huge scorer by any stretch of the imagination, but Until last year, he wasn't a three-point shooter at all. But last season, on just 42 attempts, he did make 18 of them. And 16 of those 32 makes were in league play. So again, excuse me, let me me say that again. He was 16 of 32 in league play from three-point land. So not a tremendous sample size by any stretch of the imagination. But he did hit over 40% overall and 50% in league play and horizon play last season. So it seems like at the very least he only takes the wide open threes. He's not going to he's not going to force anything at least according to the to the statistical evidence he seems like a selective player. And he's also statistically efficient offensively with an offensive rating 
of about 110 last season. Those of you who know those kind of numbers are aware that's above average, without a doubt. And part of that is not only the three-point shooting, but he's made over 50% of his two-pointers throughout his career. So even though Trey Go Million, obviously a flashy name there, he's already got a website, you know, sort of punning off that Trey Go Million moniker there, a flashy name, but to me just seems like a, at first glance anyway, just seems like a smart, lunch pail, hardworking kind of player. He describes himself as a positionless player who can switch and guard lots of different positions. So that's something that both Dennis Gates and Charlton Young, the new assistant at Missouri, in his short time, they've already brought that up multiple times. So clearly, even though under the Martin era, that's something that had been talked about for a couple years, this idea of moving toward a positionless basketball system, especially on the defensive end is what this is really referring to. It sounds like Gates, along with Charlton Young, it sounds like they're really going for it. And I think Trey Gomillion for one season is going to be the type of player, a senior, a guy with experience, not only at this level, but at the Division I level anyway, but also a guy who has experience with Gates' defensive system. He should be able to show the way for a lot of the new guys and, and the returning players as well. And apparently Dennis Gates may not be finished with guys who used to be on that Cleveland State roster. A heck of a lot of guys, in fact, for Cleveland State have entered the transfer portal. But according to all accounts, Demoy or Demois, I'm not totally sure how to pronounce his first name, but Mr. Hodge, let's call him that. It's D apostrophe M O I. So your guess is probably as good as mine on that one, but we'll just go with Demoy and probably just call him Mr. Hodge for now. How about that? But so Hodge was probably Cleveland State's best player last season, certainly their best scorer, and a guy who has visited Missouri this past week or so. So another guy who could be a take for for Coach Gates, another former player of his. So an interesting note there. And, and by the way, speaking of the transfer portal, some guys of, of interest to you, Missouri fans, of course, Javon Pickett going to end up just down the road, down I-70 at St. Louis University. Yes, Pickett going to be a Billiken. So I don't know. I, I, frankly, I'm happy for Javon if this is what he wants to do. I, no hard feelings whatsoever. He gave us a great four years. And for him to maybe want to move on, try a new a new opportunity, considering Conzo Martin moved on, I can't blame him whatsoever there. But I wonder, I do wonder, all these St. Louis Billiken basketball fans out there who like to troll Missouri fans like myself, well, this must be a tough pill for you to swallow, right? Or maybe not, I don't know. But in all seriousness, let's move on. Another piece of news, Xavier Pinson, the Missouri reunion, not going to happen. He is down. He's announced on Instagram, his very active Instagram feed, by the way, my goodness, but announced his final two schools are going to be Xavier, appropriately enough, and Mississippi State. So perhaps we'll be back to the SEC for Mr. Pinson, or maybe he'll join Sean Miller. Hey, you know what? I had suggested at one point maybe Sean Miller was an option for the Tigers. So you know what? A fair bit of uh, an interesting bit of symmetry there, I suppose. And coming up for years, the best way most Missouri basketball fans, football fans with a few nickels to rub together. Well, the best way they could help those programs was by donating to this Tiger Scholarship Fund. 
But you know what? In this new world of name, image, and likeness, is that still the case? There was a good post brought up on the Power Mizzou message board the other day asking this very question. So you know what? Let's address that coming up. But first, I want to talk about Bet Online, your number one source for all your betting, stats, and sports information. And of course, they've got you covered with college basketball and college football. But with now that we're in the offseason, it's time to focus on the NBA playoffs, Major League Baseball, MMA, heck, whatever your bag is, they've got you covered at Bet Online. I personally like the Phoenix Suns to win the NBA title right now. There just aren't any good long shots right now. Dallas was the closest there was, but now with Luka Doncic, his calf injury, to me, I think Phoenix has proven to be by far the best team in this NBA season so far. Plus 280, they made the finals last season, they're on a mission. I think as long as Chris Paul can keep himself healthy, I think that's a heck of a bet. I think they're going to win the NBA championship. So you know what? Plus 280, let's go with the favorites at betonline.net, where the game starts. Thanks again for making Locked on Mizzou your first listen every day. Now for a big announcement starting Thursday, April 28th. Tune in to Locked On NFL Draft's live coverage of the 2022 NFL Draft with all three days of real-time analysis for our, from our extensive lineup of experts and insiders here at Locked On. And for those of you dying to know who your team will take, catch out Odyssey and Locked On NFL Locked On's NFL Mock Draft Special, hosted by Brian Peacock, former scout Matt Williamson of the Peacock and Williams Show all week, leading up to the first pick. So, that's the Locked On NFL Draft Live Show that's on the Locked On NFL YouTube page, plus the Mock Draft on Odyssey. Check it all out. The Mock Draft starts on April 18th, and of course, the live shows during the draft on April 28th. Well, if you've ever spent any time over at the Power Mizzou message boards, you'll know that there's a lot of squabbling happening over there and, frankly, ridiculous behavior by a lot of grown men. But there's also some gems, too. So I will comb through there quite a bit just for those gems. It's worth it to sift it through there. And one was from poster FGHTGR, apparently Fight Tiger, I would suppose. But here's what this person said. With the direction of college sports, I've been thinking for a while, would it be a better use of money to stop giving to TSF, that being the Tiger Scholarship Fund, of course, and instead direct money to name, image, and likeness? I understand TSF is important, but does the money have as much of an impact where you're talking wins and losses? If I dropped my TSF donation down to the minimum to keep my tickets and parking, but redirected all the excess donations to the NIL group, would it translate to a more entertaining product on the field slash court? How bad would this hurt Mizzou if most donors did this? Would it actually help Mizzou if we went in this direction as donors? Well, first of all, once again, this is a fantastic thought and question. And this is exactly what not only we as fans should be thinking about, this is what the administration should be thinking about as well. And my first instinct, again, I'd have to talk to somebody within the athletic department to feel truly confident to be like, yes, this is 100% what we should all do. 
But my first instinct here is actually, yeah, his first suggestion there is, I think we should all drop our TSF donations if you're a, a season ticket holder. Yeah, basically drop it down to the minimum to keep whatever your whatever your parking situation is, whatever your seating situation is. Maybe you have a, a you know a, a box, whatever. I mean, that's still a significant amount of money to to commit, regardless of what your situation is. So hey, do that for both sports, for whatever sports it might be. But yeah, the excess on top of that, frankly, it probably would be. Even for the athlete, from the athletic department's perspective, I've got to assume more wins is going to equal, obviously, more eyeballs, more butts in the seats, more jerseys and sweatshirts and hats being sold at the, at the arena, at the Mizzou bookstore, and all this good stuff. And that just means more money into the athletic department's coffers, right? So yeah, to me, it just makes all the sense in the world. Keep keep your tickets and all that stuff, but anything above that, if you're the type of person that thought, I'm going to give extra and hope this leads to Missouri getting more wins on the field or on the basketball court, well, frankly, the best way you can do it is by buying players at this point. To put it in a very ineloquent way, that's what you're doing with name, image, and likeness, right? You're essentially buying players. You're, you're giving them money. You're giving them a contract, even if it's a, a handshake agreement, something like that. So I don't know. That just makes the most sense to me, not only in terms of just getting wins and losses, but heck, don't wins and losses translate to more money for the athletic department too? So to me, I think it could be a win-win. It's not as though it's a zero-sum thing, but a really interesting thought, an important question, and frankly, Whoever figures out the right ratio first in terms of which which programs figure out, hey, here's how much maybe maybe programs need to drop their asking prices of donations down so people have more money to give to name, image, and likeness. Again, I don't know. I'm just basically talking out of the, the side of my mouth here, just trying to figure this out as I go. But again, whoever figures this out first, the right ratio, the most efficient way to do it, Man, they're going to have a really big advantage, at least in the short term, until everybody else copies them. And by the way, I brought up money from the school bookstore and team store recently in the past segment. Well, recently, Baylor actually put out a a video on their Twitter account about their bookstore has officially licensed Baylor basketball jerseys with actual names of players on the backs. This is the men's and the women's team, by the way. Of course, Baylor is pretty darn elite on the women's side as well as the men's side, so some real interest there for sure. And if you want to dismiss that, by the way, you don't think there'd be some people who would buy a Sophie Cunningham jersey back in the day or an Asia Blackwell jersey this past season or a Haley Frank jersey? How about Lauren Hansen? Like, there would be some real interest there. Not as much as the men's side, of course, but believe me, there are plenty of of young ladies and young men who would love to put on those jerseys. So to me, that's that's one of the best parts of NIL. I think, obviously, jerseys is something that fans like. A certain fan portion of your fan base loves jerseys. They certainly demand them. 
And what they really like is actually having the names on the back of the jerseys. If it said Porter Jr. on the back of a bunch of number ones or that, that Missouri could have put out years ago, you don't think those things would have sold pretty darn well? I'm sure they would have. So again, that's money for Michael Porter Jr. or Sophie Cunningham or whoever it might be, Drew Locke, whoever the heck it might be that you're going to market. They get a little bit of money. The, 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 the school gets a little bit of money. The fans are happy. This is all win-win stuff, in my opinion. And coming up, while most of name, image, and likeness, all of the the agreements, the payoffs, whatever you want to call it that's happening is mostly done in an unofficial capacity, at least outside of the actual university and athletic department system. But you know what? The AD in the university is managing to give out some money to the players directly. And let's talk about that. Coming up right after this. So as I alluded to earlier, there are some mechanisms for universities, athletic departments to directly give some athletes money, but it's not nearly as much as can be given out. We've heard six figures, sometimes seven figures given out to some of the absolute stud athletes out there. This is all rumor and innuendo, of course, but we do have at least one official number, and that's that some schools have actually opted to give players academic bonuses. And in fact, Missouri is one of the 21 of the 130 FBS schools to do so. So just over 10% of FBS football schools so far have offered this, but essentially at Missouri... Athletes are going to get $2,400 for reaching academic eligibility. And at most schools, you're actually going to get the full bonus. This is, in fact, half of what you're allowed to give under the rules here. But you can get your full bonus at Missouri if you get a 3.5 GPA or higher. Now, at places like Iowa State, they're going to hold all the bonus money until you basically accrue it all, and then they'll pay you in one lump sum as you graduate But then in most places, they're just basically going to give you the full $5,800, essentially, whatever it is, 59, I think it's just shy of $6,000. They're going to give you that, that money just for being academically eligible every season. And at places like North Carolina and Kansas, we know that isn't exactly a high bar to clear. So this does sort of get to one question, one idea, I guess, which is, Would this name, image, and likeness stuff, obviously this is, a lot of people are calling it the Wild West, right? Because not only are there not exactly a ton of rules out there, but this is truly undiscovered country, right? We're all trying to figure it out as we go. And a lot of so-called solutions that I've seen being thrown out there are mostly just from some central authority to take over. And, of course, that's going to inevitably be the NCAA, right? So, ironically, the people who hate the NCAA wanted the players to get paid. Well, now that they're getting paid too much, I guess, well, oh, now we got to rein it in and get the NCAA in here. Here's what I'm going to tell you right now. I'm going to take a little bit of a detour here. Just just hang with me here for a second. I swear I'll get you to our exit and our final destination. You see, one of the amazing things about human beings is that we're incredibly adaptable. But with that adaptability comes a significant cost. And that's that we are really good at taking amazing things for granted. Just think about whenever you get a new car, right? 
it seems like the coolest thing ever for, I don't know, a month or so. And then eventually you just get used to it. Inevitably, that new vehicle that you were so excited about, well, it just becomes your car. And one of the things we get used to as human beings that we completely and utterly take for granted is the insane amount of actual coordination that we have in our society that basically just happens naturally. I think maybe a great example of this level of coordination that we take for granted is the grocery store, right? Our entire food supply essentially comes to us, if not through a restaurant, right? But the stuff that we cook in our own home, most of us go to the grocery store. I'd say 90 plus percent of us, that's where we're getting our food, 99%, right? We're not just slaughtering our own food 100% of the time or growing our own food, So here's the deal. Despite the fact that there are dozens, hundreds of different products on the shelves, well, not only are they on the shelves, they've all been canned, they've all been packaged, they're all there in in amounts where you can basically count on, you're going to be able to get bread and milk when you want it, all this stuff, it's all there 24 hours a day. Well, we all completely take it for granted. And my point is, there's not one person in, say, the NCAA of food who's saying, hey, here's when the bread needs to show up. Hey, here's how much bread you need. And my point is, how this all relates to name, image, and likeness, right now we're kind of in the shakeout period. All of this is so brand new that we're having a hard time wrapping our minds around all of it. People have a tough time with change. Well, here's an example I'll give you that actually is very related to sports. Remember 20 years ago, 15, 10 years ago even, especially 15, 20 years ago in in Major League Baseball when the New York Yankees had more money than everybody and they used to lavish it on just about every major free agent that came about every offseason. Well, you know what? I think this is where we are in the name, image, and likeness cycle because at a certain point, yeah, this is a new world, and people with a whole bunch of money are just going to... There's some people are going to drop six figures on some high school kid. Well, eventually, some of these teams, some of these programs, some of these donors are going to overpay for these kids, and there's going to be a natural correction process. Because guess what? Eventually, the Yankees and the and every other MLB team realize that spending huge swaths of money on aging free agents wasn't all it's cracked up to be. So at a certain point, maybe donors will realize, essentially what I'm saying is right now we're going through the process of discovery. We're trying to figure out, all of us who are donors, who are trying to buy players, what have you, we're trying to figure out what the best way is to spend that money. And it might take five years. It might take 10 years for that to all truly shake out and for it to get more efficient. But until then, there is no one person, in my opinion, who can say, well, you know what? Luther Burden, for instance, should only be able to make ah, $50,000 a year. Says who? who? Who makes up that completely and utterly arbitrary number? To me, you've got to let all this shake out. And guess what? If If some player gets $2 million a year to go to Ohio State University and ends up as a bust, you know what? That's actually good for Missouri. So this idea that the Yankees of the world, whether it's Alabama or Ohio State, well, they're just going to end up buying all the best players. Well, I'm sorry, at a certain point, 
they're going to overpay and they're going to get tired of overpaying for five-star players and there will be a correction here there's no doubt about it this is hard this is how this is how economics works you have to let price discovery happen because when you do when you let prices go to where they freely go guess what happens you get coordination insane amounts of coordination incredible amounts of coordination you get wealth creation and you get Actually, this modern society that we all have. Hey, have you watched 1883 on Paramount Plus, the Yellowstone prequel? Yeah, we've got a lot of stuff since then. So much stuff has been invented and distributed. We're all richer and fatter and better for it. Well, how did we get there? Folks, you just got to let it happen. And you know what? Name, image, and likeness is the same deal. Will the Alabamas of the world become the New York Yankees for a few years? Yeah, they probably will. But here's the thing. The Yankees have only won one World Series in the past 20 years, folks. So let's not panic based on, oh, well, it's unfair that yada, 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 they have more money. Guess what? Alabama's always had more money. They've always had the best facilities, the best this, the best that. So now instead of spending that money on a waterfall in their locker rooms, well, maybe some kid who's 18 years old who's never seen a dime in his life gets a few extra bucks in his pocket. That's the absolute least of my concerns. And you got to let the price discovery mechanism shake out. I'm just telling you, in this case, freedom's going to work. So with all that being said, I apologize. Went along a little long on the name, image, and likeness stuff. Didn't get to my stuff on the Dennis Gates and Charlton Young relationship, but we'll get there next time in the coming weeks for sure. And also, hey, some good anniversaries this year. The 2007 football season, the 2012 basketball season, the 2002 Elite Eight run. Brad Smith's first year as a starter was 2002. So yeah, we got a lot of 10, 15, and 20-year anniversaries to get to here on Locked on Mizzou. So look forward to that here all off season. So until next time, I'm John Miller. Thanks for listening to Locked on Mizzou.